0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Love is Everywhere, the podcast, the show where I give comedians assignments of things that are supposed to make you happier, and then we talk about it and we find out how it went. If you're a fan of this show, you may have noticed that we were on hiatus the last few weeks. Uh, We didn't release any episodes in the month of June out of respect for the protests going on right now against police brutality. Uh, We just wanted to make sure that we gave some time, gave some space for that conversation to start. Um, And the word start is really important there. I want to note that, yes, we're releasing episodes now, but the conversation's not over. Come on, guys. This show is all about kindness and love. And right now we need to direct all of that energy to Black and Indigenous causes. So please, I strongly, strongly urge you, please, donate your money. Donate your time. Um, More importantly, donate your voice. Right? Be the person who has these tough conversations with people. Uh, Have these tough conversations with yourself. And I want to be clear that I don't mean like, oh, get angry with everybody and get up on a high horse. That's not what this is about, especially if you're listening to this and you're white. Uh, Your job right now is to listen uh, to black and indigenous voices, listen to what you're being told, and then do the work of having conversations with the people in your life who don't understand uh, so that your black and indigenous friends don't have to do that for you. Wouldn't that be a nice thing to take off of somebody's plate? Those conversations are exhausting. Obviously, they're not fun to have. uh, But please, it's our job to have those conversations with people right now. That's the most important thing that you can do. I think we have a real opportunity here for some huge growth as a society right now. And uh, I want to know that there's no going back to normal here. We're moving into something new and something better. And I'm very excited to see what that looks like. Uh, but yes, yeah, stay thirsty, guys. This isn't over. Um, but right now, this episode, uh, today's guest is Juliana Rodriguez. Oh boy, am I ever excited to have her on. What a delight. This was such a wonderful person to talk to. I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Uh, her assignment was all about anxiety and overwhelm, which I think is obviously very topical right now and always Um, and, (laughs) um, I think this is going to be a really useful exercise. It's a really fun one of all of the like self-work assignments that I give people and that I give myself constantly. (laughs) Um, this one is very playful. Uh, so if you want something a little bit light that you can add into your routine, this one is a really good choice. If you want to follow Juliana Rodriguez on all of the social media things, which you absolutely should do. Uh, You can follow her on Instagram at Juliana underscore Juliana, which I love that handle so much. Juliana, H-O-O-L-I-A-N-A. So at Juliana underscore Juliana on Instagram. And on Twitter, it's just at underscore Juliana. Uh, So go check her out. And in the meantime, please enjoy this conversation with Juliana Rodriguez.
1: Hello? Hello! Oh my god, hey Tracy, how are ya? Juliana Rodriguez! <laughs> Tracy Hamilton, here we are. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, I love the hats that you have behind you. Thank
0: you very much. I wear them very rarely. I keep- Okay. I keep buying hats thinking that I'll find one that I'll actually
1: wear, and then yeah. I just have a hat collection. <laughs> That's how it goes. I bought a baseball cap recently, put it on, turned into Mike Rita. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I know. I've
0: done that too. They're hard. They're difficult. Especially now that, like, I have short hair. So when I put on a hat, I just look like I have no hair at all. And I feel like uh, I didn't realize what a key piece (laughs) hair was into making a hat work look.
1: (laughs) It's actually, it's way more complex than it seems. Hats are a a mystery. I don't know.
0: So we start with an honest how are you? So how are you for real?
1: Um, you know what? this is a really hard it's that is a hard question for me to answer because mm-hmm. you're not used to answering it honestly. It's true. I oh whoops. I love sorry that, Hello Oh, yeah. sorry, that was just uh my battery. I might have to plug my phone in at some time. um I'm okay. I'm you know what? things could be better. Things could be worse. uh, the state of the world is definitely taking a toll pretty, on my mental health.
0: Pretty messed up, yep.
1: Uh, yeah, and then on top of that, you know, you got your home life that's going on, and that's not ever great. I don't know if anyone's ever thriving being in quarantine with their mom and their brother, but you yeah. just do the best that you can. How are you?
0: I'm doing okay. Um, a little tired today, but mm-hmm. it's been a good week. Okay, good. I'm feeling, like optimistic. I feel like... Uh, yeah, obviously, everything outside of my own individual life is on fire.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. But I'm glad that your individual life is doing great. But my individual or not on fire. life
0: is not on fire. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. That's an accomplishment right there.
0: That's a good thing. It's been very up and down, like mood and everything. I feel like every day has been really different today. I'm feeling okay today. Good. Yeah, it's a good day. That's awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. I uh, spent like $300 on a therapist over the last like, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Because it's just been it's just been crazy. I'm moving soon. So there's that. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, with my family. So it's just like, there's a lot of um emotional problems that come to the surface when you have no other option but to face them and that's I think what a lot of people are going through in quarantine you know absolutely I
0: feel like we're all coming up against whatever was underneath things before yeah uh, but we don't have all of our usual avoidance strategies
1: yeah yeah exactly totally I can't just like go spend a hundred dollars at value village and just forget about it you know it's like you really have to deal with it yeah.
0: I, uh, is this, a, so this is a, is this a new therapist that you're seeing right now, or is this a- Same therapist. Same therapist?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's good. He's a cool guy. He's, like, an older man, so he's, like, in his 60s, and I just love having, like, a, a much older therapist, because mm-hmm. before that, I was with this girl that was, like, a little bit younger, and, um, she was amazing, but there's just something, I don't know if it's because I'm also miserable that I just connect with old men so much. Mm-hmm. But we do have a pretty uh, good bond, I think. So I, I'm happy with this therapist for now.
0: That's great. I just yeah. started with a new therapist uh, in quarantine. Oh, yeah? Yep, yeah, and it's great.
1: <laughs> okay, so what made you switch? Um, well, I
0: had been seeing my old therapist for, I guess, like five years. There were mm-hmm. a couple of little gaps, like a few months or so, where we wouldn't be having sessions. And uh, we stopped doing sessions maybe like... I want to say January or February Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of this year. Um, And then with everything with COVID and the isolation stuff like that, I was like, okay, like, I'm going to get really specific in what do I want to work on. And I want to find a therapist who can help me specifically with that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm starting this new direction of personal work and stuff. feels good. Okay.
1: That's awesome. That's great. Do you ever, um, do you get like worksheets ever like CBT worksheets?
0: Um, not CBT worksheets, but this therapist does uh, give me like homework. She'll give me like readings or exercises and things like that. Whereas my therapist, it was just talk therapy. Um, nothing like that to be done outside of the session.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love worksheets because it just makes you have to practice what it is. Yes. Like, it's, it's not like you just say something and take it in and then maybe it goes out the window. Some of it you retain, some of it you don't. It's like you have to really, I think you hmm. get your money's worth, honestly, with Absolutely. worksheets. I, I, I definitely prefer those.
0: I think CBT is fantastic. And uh, yeah. for any listeners, if you want to try CBT therapy and don't have money right now, um, which would be uh, very possible, given the current circumstances. Yep. Um, you can go to, uh, look up Bounce Back Ontario, and they will send you free CBT workbooks.
1: I did not know that. They will send you free Oh, CBT that is amazing.
0: And they will hook you up with a person to work through them with over the phone, so if you have questions and stuff like
1: that, they are oh resources to help you through them, and it's free. That is incredible. That's amazing. Oh God, I love that! That's I love that. Cool. so much. Shout out to Marissa Bettino, who's the one who handed me that resource. She's the best. She, she is, the is literally best. the best. Every time I talk to her, I feel like my soul has reached a new level of Yuck. like purity. She's such a pure person. I, I love, love her, love her awesome. so much. Yeah, like,
0: yeah. One of my
1: so most funny all time
0: favorite people. She's like mm-hmm. hilarious and so warm and caring and yeah. uh, just one of those people that like. There's just no judgment there, ever.
1: Yeah, like totally, one hundred percent. Actually, when we I went to Humber, she was in the year uh, above me, and we. That's like w- when I met her, and I started seeing her at like shows and stuff, and I was like, this person is incredible, incredible yeah. performer, incredible person, and you can tell because I feel like she's always present, and that's something that I feel like I lack. Mm-hmm. where, it, like, when she's talking to you, like, she's talking to you, like, yeah. you have her attention, you have her focus, like, she's here, she's present, whereas, like, sometimes I'll just be somewhere else, I will just be mm-hmm. thinking about something else I did earlier, and I'm not giving the person that I'm talking to, like, my full undivided intention,
0: yep. uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> shout out to Marissa,
0: shout out Marissa, <laughs> <laughs> um, should we get into your assignment, because I feel like that, oh my gosh, that was yes. nicely into it, So uh, the assignment that I gave you was uh, around anxiety and overwhelm. Yeah. So uh, what I told you that you had to do was that uh, you had to set aside some time multiple times this week uh, to dance it out. So (laughs) when you were feeling anxiety you're supposed to put on some music, dance around for at least three songs but you could go as long as you wanted. Um, I also told you that sometimes if it feels awkward uh, you can try turning out the lights or closing your eyes to kind of make you forget that you're just in your room. Um, and uh, how did that go? Do you
1: know? What's so funny is that I I had no problem feeling uncomfortable. Like it was a very Wait. natural thing for me. Um, and it's something that like I did not so often, but like every now and then when I wake up in the morning, I don't uh, usually dance, but I do put on like rap music and I just start like shadow boxing. It's a very weird thing, but it's so that. helpful. I love it so much. It's great. Uh, and then with the dancing, I had a great time. Oh my God. I put on, so Diplo is doing a Corona night fever and he's, <laughs> he's like doing a live, like three hour DJ thing, like every Friday or something. And there's like seven videos lined up. And so I just threw on one of those and I literally pretended like I was at a nightclub and I was trying to get a, a guy's attention. That's how I was dancing. I looked like a stripper. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> but that's the great for, bit, Not like, for me, can myself. You totally
0: dance like that, especially when you're alone, yeah. right? Like, oh, 100%. You don't have it's to so, hold back great. at all, because you're not actually in a club and might not be grabbed by somebody whose attention you were not trying to get. Right.
1: Exactly. Uh, so you can exactly. Really give it when you're alone. <laughs> like, exactly. I can just kind of, uh, you know, let loose. So that was fun. That was amazing. And my family uh, goes to sleep early enough and I just crank it up at like 1am and I'm just out here ripping it. Just ripping it to shreds. That was awesome.
0: Tell me about your anxiety. What does it look like for you? How do you experience it? How long have you experienced it? Anything you want to give me?
1: So I love this topic. About a year ago, took a um, trip to Cuba with one of my best friends and... Everything was like fine, like things were going great, and then at some point it was like day two. She just made a joke, being like, "Oh yeah, we're trapped here for a week." She was just like, "I could leave right now. Like this place is kind of boring. Like I have like a beach, and then like a resort. Like it's definitely a place for families. Like you don't Mm -hmm. go there if you're looking for adventure or anything like that." Um, and something happened where like she was like, "The light left your eyes," and I was just a disaster. Like I was throwing up. For like the rest of like the five days, like I couldn't, I couldn't get over this feeling of like being trapped. Like I was just like, oh my god, I'm literally trapped in Cuba, and it was just I don't know. I just kept repeating the word like trapped. It made me like very anxious and like yeah. nervous. And then when I got back, um, I started uh, seeing a therapist, and um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really know what it was. Like, I didn't know that it was anxiety. I just thought it was, like, severe homesickness or, like, Mm. maybe just, like, a bout of, like, anxiousness, but I didn't know that I had it. And then I started seeing a therapist, and uh, I found out that I had OCD, which is, like, obsessive thoughts as well as, like, behavior. Well, I used to have obsessive like behavior whereas like I would uh like meticulously have to clean my retainer like three times on this side, three times on the other side. Otherwise I thought something bad would happen to my family, which is like textbook OCD. And then I just stopped doing that and I didn't know it was OCD. And then it was just it just developed into uh obsessive thinking, which is you know, that you can't block out those thoughts is before I learned about CBT. Um And I couldn't get it under control. And then I met the therapist and I was just like, yeah, I had this weird thing that I used to do when I was a kid where I was like compulsively cleaning my retainer. Otherwise, I thought something bad would happen. And it was kind of like a ritual. And she was like, oh, that's, you have OCD. Like that's textbook OCD. And I had no idea. So it wasn't until I started seeing a therapist that I was like, oh, it's an actual mental condition that I had just been letting get worse and worse, and just it just boiled over so uh, what was that like finding that out? uh it was terrifying <laughs> it was it was scary um like the physical symptoms are like I get like flu symptoms where it's like I have to like throw up, I feel nauseous, I can't eat, I can't sleep, it's terrible um and then when I found out what it was, I, it was just a relief because I was like, oh, I can put it somewhere. Like, it's not this thing that's out of my control. It's not a mystery anymore. Like, it can very much be controlled. And something that I didn't know was that it, it's uh, genetic. And my dad literally had it, but he just never told me because he was like, you know, I just didn't want to, I didn't want it to play on your mind or whatever. And then we kind of like had this nice bonding moment where we're like, oh, we're both ill. We're both a little bit ill that's great, yeah.
0: (laughs) I feel like it is so comforting when you are, like, I, I don't have the same experience, because I don't have OCD, but I have a chronic illness, and it took a really, really long time for anything to be diagnosed, and it's still kind of in flux with that, to be honest, but uh, when somebody can tell you, like, oh, okay, here it is, this is, this is the title, this is the answer, this is the scope of what you're looking at with this, it is so comforting, because when you just have all of this stuff coming at you, like, all of these symptoms and stuff like that, it seems, like, limitless, where you're, like, where do, like, where does this go to, where does this end, like, it's just a giant collection, a pile of, of (laughs) anxiety-producing symptoms, so having a label to put on it can be such a
1: relief. Yeah, totally. 100%. And then I looked it up online and it, it was like everything that I had been dealing with. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, thank goodness that there's a place for this, that there's like other people like me yeah. that have to deal with it. I mean, I think everybody should see a therapist. I don't think there's one person walking this earth that agree. isn't a little bit unhinged. Yeah. That's um, great. Highly recommend. Yeah. Highly recommend. And it's great. But it, it took And one of my best friends actually has anxiety too, but she was experiencing it different than I was. She didn't have OCD, but she, her symptoms were just different. And it took her a really long time to figure it out, like about a year, just going back and forth. Like she thought she had a brain tumor and she was like, I'm getting dizzy because I'm like terminally ill. Mm -hmm. And uh, I could only imagine how much worse that could have been. Whereas like for me, it's like, I just went to Cuba, had this episode and then saw a therapist and was like, oh, okay. So this is what it is. Yeah, it's crazy how much overlap
0: there is between mental health stuff and physical symptoms. Mm -hmm. Because it is, like, it's responses in your brain, and then that affects other areas of your body, right? Like, with something like anxiety, like, it goes back to that whole, like, fight-flight-freeze response. Yeah. Right? Where your body is preparing to fight a lion or run from a lion or (laughs) play dead. (laughs) Right. <laughs> so your body will make you do things like uh sweat so that to keep your body cool like um d- rush of adrenaline and stuff in case you have to run Yep. so you get all of these physical symptoms so it, yeah I understand why your friend would be
1: like oh no there's something like physically wrong with me It's crazy. And it's, uh, it's something that is so common knowledge to us because like we've experienced this now and it's, we're so easily able to like identify it when it starts happening. But I think that that's something like we should get taught in school. Like there's, there's at like phys ed health class, like I'm sure we could have learned about this than playing dodgeball. Like that would really save my life a little bit, you know?
0: Absolutely. The amount of days that we played ping pong in grade nine (laughs) (laughs) when they could have talked to us about anxiety and depression <laughs> yeah
1: oh 100% Would have been
0: way more beneficial
1: <laughs> yeah totally I'm still terrible and then learning that in your teens uh is just oh god it, we would have I think uh, the world would be a much better place if people just uh understood the ways that anxiety and depression can manifest it's yeah it's crazy agreed
0: and, and everybody experiences
1: oh sorry what oh go ahead Oh, no, I was just saying that everybody experiences it on different levels. So like sometimes, like someone who has, like my mom, for example, super high strung, stresses about everything, like just to the most extreme. But I can't necessarily understand her stresses. And she can't necessarily understand mine. She's like, oh, well, yours is still in your head. Mine is like real life problems that I have to deal with. And I'm like, we both have different ways of dealing with yeah our issues do you know what I mean where it's like for me I'd rather take out a worksheet do some of this she'd rather organize and clean or whatever it is that she has to do Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's just uh you know like learning about how other people deal with anxiety also just helps you understand the people around you and it's just a very interesting way to connect
0: Mm, well it gives you more empathy for the people around you and I feel like because all of this stuff is so individual and looks so different for everybody, understanding that part of it is such a key thing of, like, uh, you know, somebody who uh, was really ignorant about mental health and anxiety might be like, oh, I don't know, well, like, we all get nervous, (laughs) you know, (laughs) things like that, or it's like, you're not understanding, like, you can use that, the, like, we all get nervous to sort of extrapolate from that and imagine what it would be like to have that be 10, 20, 50 times bigger, and all the time, or a lot more frequent, like, you don't use it to dismiss, being like, well, whatever, I, like, everybody gets anxious sometimes, so your thing is not a big deal, it's like, oh, everybody gets anxious sometimes, so I can use my personal experience, even though I don't have an issue with, like, a real issue with anxiety, to imagine what it must be like for you, or ask more questions.
1: Yeah, 100%, and those people, Go hug your dad. Yeah. Go talk to a therapist.
0: Yeah. You know, I There's think
1: having empathy ahead. towards mental illness is uh like if you don't have it, I think that's a sure sign that you might have something going on, some underlying issues that uh <laughs> maybe you got to figure out. I w- I wish that it was an appropriate thing to just gift
0: therapy. Like if I had a lot of money, it would be I feel like that would be the best gift. Would just be giving a therapist to <laughs> to
1: people. Yeah exactly I think there's something to be said about like wanting to help yourself too like there's so many people that I know that need it but they just don't seek out the help and like they kind of admit to it they're like yeah like that would be good but they just don't want to help themselves and it's like well I mean I can only suggest make a suggestion to you and that's that's about it it's
0: true it is frustrating but yeah nobody's gonna make any change unless it's coming from them yeah you're never going to be able to convince somebody
1: to do or change anything. Yeah. And sometimes it takes those like big moments, like going to Cuba and just like throwing up for five days. Like I had no idea that I had this mental illness and I'm really thankful that I found it at the point in my life that I did because Mm. had I not like, who knows in what ways that could have evolved. And you know, sometimes it takes having those physical symptoms to be like, okay, like I can't, I physically can't go on. So I have to go and seek it out
0: if it had been, if it hadn't reached that extreme, you might have gone on another like 10, 20 years and not known what was going on and had it disrupt your life in all of these ways.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Well, I'm glad you threw up in Cuba.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I spent three grand on uh, finding out that I've got OCD. It's great. Oh yeah. It's a small, it's a small investment
0: um for uh
1: <laughs> for having yeah it is a better life. just a tiny little investment thank god i was still living at home mm-hmm. uh, otherwise i i wouldn't have been able to see a therapist and pay for it out of pocket and all that stuff so yeah i'm i'm kind of lucky that way
0: yeah absolutely i acknowledge meant that i acknowledge that the ability to seek therapy and pay for therapy is definitely a privilege um and it, it is the financial aspect of it is a huge barrier for a lot of people, which is really, really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, because it's really, really, really necessary. And totally, 100%. Really needs to be more accessible. And I am just glad that there are, even if they're limited, a few resources that you can use if you are struggling financially and you want to seek therapy. There is low cost therapy. Um, you just got to do some Googling. <laughs> just yeah. googling
1: yeah yeah totally it's it's really unfortunate that it's not um available for some people because it's like I I don't know what I would have done had I I would have had to move back in with my parents and then done it and then that's just its own nightmare so yeah it's uh it's tragic I would be it's in a really, really I wish that uh, really it could list. one day be more accessible and and available yeah
0: I uh I don't even really want to think about what things would look like for me if I hadn't found a therapist when I did and I found a low-cost therapist and saw them at a very low cost for many many years um but yeah that like was so instrumental in changing my life for the better oh yeah
1: oh totally 100% yeah there are some times where I'm just like I'll text my friend and I'm just like oh my god like I gotta see Paul but like I don't want to dish out like the amount of money that I got to pay. It's like, it's 125 bucks. And I'm like, that's not fucking cheap. Yeah. Hi, I got to pay for hot dogs and ramen noodles (laughs) and food. How am I going to do that? Um, yeah. So even there, even someone like me who is like living at home and uh, I mean at this point, you know, perceiving curb, like, you know, uh, so there's some relief there, but if I wasn't, I probably wouldn't be making those phone calls anyway. And it just speaks to how expensive it is and uh, how difficult it is to get sometimes. So yeah, crazy.
0: So to go back to the dancing, um, did you find it calming?
1: I thought, yeah. I thought it was uh, very freeing. Mm -hmm. It definitely, you know, when you have anxiety, sometimes you do get those feelings of like, there's sometimes where I'm sitting on the couch and I'll just feel like I need to get up And it's like, if I don't get up and go for a walk right now, I might have a heart attack. Because I feel that, you know, like how athletes must feel like when a game kicks off and it's like you have that release of adrenaline sort of like in your abdomen Mm -hmm. and it makes your heart race. But sometimes it's for no reason. Sometimes there is a reason. And uh, getting to exert that in some way is very very helpful and I'm talking like dance like I will dance for like two hours like it was like not just like 30 minutes like it was like two hours committed to it sweating have to shower it was as if I went out to like a nightclub that's how I feel yeah yeah
0: I read this really interesting thing about the stress cycle yeah and uh like it was based on the idea that most of the time when you have like a stress response um the Advice that you're given when you're under stress is like, oh, you need to find a way to relax. You need to, like, find a way to calm down and relax. And uh, really, most of the time, what you actually need is almost the opposite. Yeah. It's like you need to let it, let the stress cycle run its course and resolve. Like it needs to complete a cycle. (laughs) So, like, to go back to the brain stuff of like fight, flight, freeze, it's like, if, if you were in the situation that your brain kind of thinks you're in, like there's a bear, you know, (laughs) there's a bear. And, uh, either you fight the bear and kill the bear, um, which good for you. Yeah. That would complete, that would complete the cycle, right? You you get a big rush of adrenaline. Um, your body prepares you to fight. You fight the bear, you kill the bear. The stress cycle is complete. Um, or if it your response to that was to run away from the bear then you run away from the bear you find safety and then the s- cycle's complete um so you need to kind of let these things run their course and come back around and most of the time what it needs from you is some kind of physical response yeah um especially if the way that you respond to stressors is the freeze portion where you kind of shut down yeah which that's designed of like um, for you to play dead, yeah. like, uh, the freeze response comes out in response to what your body considers to be the most danger, yeah, where your best ch- you're not going to survive if you fight it, you're not going to survive if you run away, so you just have to play dead, and, uh, and, oh, I read that it's also part of, um, to make your death m- less painful, the freeze.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Isn't that- I would love to know how that works. Right?
0: Wow. Uh, so when you get, when, once you've played dead successfully and then the bear is gone, uh, your body still has to discharge the physical part of it, right? Right. Um, so, like, people who wake up, uh, from anesthesia, yeah. um, if they've, like, had surgery or dental stuff or whatever, uh, often have some kind of, like, really extreme response when they're waking up from anesthesia, like hysterical crying or like yelling or like needing to move. And uh, uh, our bodies need to do the same thing when we're just having like a regular stress response. Like you need some kind of physical way to discharge the stress stuff to let your body know like, okay, I took care of it. Like (laughs) your your body doesn't know when you're just like, oh, I'm going to take a bubble bath. Like your body doesn't know that that had any effect on the emotional bear you know (laughs) so your body understands physicality your body understands movement so something like putting on some music and just really dancing your heart out for a while uh that lets your body know like we're okay now we did
1: dancing (laughs) exactly oh 100% and something that's so interesting about that uh actually I want to say two things first thing just came to my mind is when I, and I don't know if it's necessarily like older generations, uh, or if it's, I mean, because I'm sure it's on both sides, people that are around our age and older whatever, people are just like, like, oh, this, this generation's full of anxiety. Everybody's got anxiety. It's like, well, everybody always had anxiety. It's still yeah. the same amount of people that have always had it. It's just now there's so much more awareness to it. And I think that's amazing. So it's like, why are you gonna <laughs> disqualify somebody for saying that like I have anxiety. It's like, oh no, you don't. You just you're you're sensitive. It's like we're all sensitive. We're all sensitive people. We're all emotional beings and you know it's like I don't know. I just think that's so ignorant. Sorry, that just came to my mind. Had no, to get that absolutely, out there. And second
0: I thing is agree with um, just because we, we just because you know more people who are willing to say that they have anxiety doesn't yeah. mean that more people have anxiety than used to have anxiety. Like totally. It's the same with other things too, right? Like um like older conservative generation being like, oh, like there are more gay people now than (laughs) there. I was just gonna
1: say that. Yeah.
0: Right? It's like, no, like just as many people were gay before, we just weren't allowed to be. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it would be crucified and hung. So maybe yeah, it makes a little bit of a difference um in terms of who comes out and whatever. Fuck. It's just crazy. I mean, the ignorance that is still out there. We have like Bell Let's Talk Day, but it's like, you know we should have some more days. I think there should be some more days. There's got to be a little bit more awareness out there. Um, and, uh, and the second thing I was going to say is for someone who has like OCD, it's all like mental. Like everything is like very much mental and it's like an extreme form of like dwelling. So it's like, you're just replaying the same thing over and over again in your mind or, Uh, the same scenario, or whatever it is, you know, like I said, feelings of being trapped, so I just kept repeating, like, you're trapped, like, you're trapped on an island, or I would try to convince myself out of it, which is still dwelling, even though you're trying to convince yourself out of it, so the best way to kind of crush that completely is by doing some sort of activity that stimulates your mind as well, Mm -hmm. and uh, reading doesn't help, Uh, playing, like, board games doesn't help, it's like, I need to be active, like physically active, and my mind needs to be somewhere else. Like I need to completely take the attention away. So that's why like when quarantine wasn't a thing, I would just like go downtown, maybe go shopping, or maybe go buy like a new skincare product or something like that. Something that I can like feel good about myself and also like think about like, you know, other things. And uh, and dancing is great too, because mentally I just teleport to another place. I was in Ibiza nightclub. It was 2001, you know, <laughs> low-rise jeans were a thing, and I was at my best, <laughs> and and that was really helpful. It ticked both of those boxes for sure.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I think I, I haven't in the past made enough of an effort to physicalize my anxiety. Like, um, I have a tendency just in general to sort of uh, intellectualize my feelings, even, Same. like, even if it's yeah. not, like, uh, an anxiety response, even if it's just, like, some sort of emotion that I'm feeling, uh, I feel like I am, like, okay, well, I will just, uh, think through this feeling, and then <laughs> once I have thought it through, then it will be done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's not,
1: yes, oh, that sounds so familiar, yeah.
0: Like, the amount of times that I'm, like, oh, like, you probably just need to cry, (laughs) (laughs) that would probably do it, if you cried, that would probably resolve things, and that would be an example of physicalizing it, right, like, that would complete the stress cycle, you cry, and then that's why you feel better after you cry,
1: yeah, do you, do you look at yourself in the mirror when you cry?
0: No, uh, it's, it's a
1: bad scene, I am an ugly crier, Oh, same here. But it's also hilarious because I just have to laugh at myself and I'm like, you look so (laughs) pathetic. (laughs) And sometimes that, sometimes honestly that helps. Whereas like, you know, I told you my mom, like sometimes she'll be like, you don't, she'll be like, no, you don't. I'd be like, you know what? I feel kind of anxious right now. And she'd be like, no, you don't. She's like, you're fine. What what are you worried about? And I'm like, you know what? I don't have anything to worry about. And I'm like, you're right. Like sometimes, sometimes I honestly need someone to make me feel a little bit silly about it. And it works for some people, some people it really doesn't, um, but I found that that kind of works for me a little bit, just a little bit.
0: I think there's a way of doing that for yourself, too, like, um, something that I'll do is just check in with myself, like, what's really happening right now? Yeah. Like, it, it's more of, like, a mindfulness approach, right, where, yeah. like, I'm feeling all kinds of anxiety, or I'm having, like, you know, thought spirals and stuff, where I'm just, like, can't get out of thinking about whatever it is that, that's freaking me out, and then I just kind of have to bring myself back to, like, like, what's actually happening right now, though? <laughs> like, right yeah. now, I'm just sitting at my desk. That's all that's happening right now.
1: Yes, and yes. Kind of like, that's also very, very helpful. Yeah. Reminding
0: my brain, like, you're not in any danger right now, like, everything is fine.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, 150%. Totally. Um, yeah, the amount of times that I have to do that is, uh, it, just in a day-to-day basis. I've downloaded the Headspace app. Do you know that app? Yeah, I've used that. And, uh, sometimes, like, at the end of the session, they'll be like, okay, so, like, for today's homework, you know, whenever you stand up or, or sit down, like, make note of it, and they're like, mm-hmm. that helps you be present, because I'm, I am somebody who struggles with being present as well, because if you have anxiety, obviously, you're not very you're always
0: kind of in another place, and you're, and you're in your head all the time, so it helps. 100%, uh,
1: and just doing those little exercises are great, just being like, okay, I'm sitting down on a bus, Mm -hmm. eating a sandwich, yeah, kind of gross, that's okay, and you actually have to talk to yourself, and it's great, and I think more people should do it, because it's, uh, very, very helpful.
0: It is extremely helpful, like, uh, I remember at the beginning of this covid stuff like they hadn't started giving out the curb money yet so mm-hmm. <clears throat> there was no benefit money i had lost my job
1: like oh my god
0: everything was really unsure and like very stressful and i remember uh standing in the line outside of the grocery store <clears throat> and it, the line was really really long i think i waited for like 45 minutes in the line outside oh my god and uh, I was just like noticing, like that I was feeling really anxious in this line, and it wasn't because I was like anxious that, like, to be out in public or anxious about like getting sick or anything. It was just just unspecified anxiety of just feeling overwhelmed uh, yeah. with the general circumstances, and uh, I'm I was very proud of myself because I actually uh, deal with it in the moment the way that I would tell somebody else to deal with it in the in the moment, which I'm not always the best about taking my own advice, but I was like, okay, name it, like, I'm experiencing anxiety right now, this is anxiety that I'm feeling, so I've named and identified what's going on, and then, uh, I was like, okay, just, uh, name the things you can see right now so I'm just like I'm just like oh trees shopping cart SUV (laughs) parking lot you know and I'm like I'm just naming things that I can see yeah so much
1: yeah oh totally um did you ever do this exercise when I first started uh CBT therapy they were like uh before you go to sleep, if you feel anxious before you go to sleep, something that helps is, like, closing your eyes, picturing a room that you feel safe in, just any room that you have in mind that makes you feel safe, and list, like, five things you see, five things you smell, five things you could taste, and it's, like, it puts me to sleep right away. Because it's it's a tedious exercise. Who wants to do that? It's so unpleasant. It's just not even... (laughs) it's the mental exercise of knitting, right? Like, it's just so, okay, how to do this? It's, like, kind of a burden, and it makes you mentally exhausted, and then it just puts you right out.
0: I've done that before as the, like, five, four, three, two, one grounding exercise, which I gave out to Jordan Foisy as an assignment on a very early episode of this podcast, um, but yeah, where it's, like, uh, five things you can see, four things that your body is touching, um, Three things you smell like one thing you taste like you go through all of your all of your senses and uh yeah it is so effective it's extremely effective
1: yeah have you used any of these exercises when it comes to like performing
0: a little bit yeah
1: yeah which ones
0: um like uh uh, (laughs) what assignments have I used I use power posing a lot that's a good one you do that one yeah yeah there, there are only so many that I can get away with without people realizing that I'm doing something odd.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> right.
0: for listeners, if you don't know about power posing, go Google it. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> basically, you do uh, like physical postures where you're taking up more space and you're more, uh, it's more of like an aggressive stance. Uh, yeah,
1: you just turn into any man on the TTC. Exactly. That's what you have to picture.
0: It's supposed to make you feel, uh, more confident in the moment, which our body is really, like, um, our body is brilliant in a lot of ways, but our body is very stupid and very easily fooled. Yeah. Um, so that's why things like, even if you're not happy, if you smile for an extended period of time, it it tricks your brain into releasing happy chemicals in your brain. Yeah, because uh, your your body's like, oh, I don't know, we're smiling. I guess we're happy. Like, yeah, <laughs> like your your body doesn't know. So when you do these like confidence power poses, then your body's like, oh, I guess we feel really good right now. <laughs> like, yeah. So I do that a lot in the green rooms before I go on for sure.
1: That's good. Um, I'm actually reading this book right now called High Performance Habits. Uh, Jarrett Campbell recommended I read it. And uh, I thought, like, it would only be about, like, CEOs and just, like, talking about, like, if you're a boss at your insurance company, like, it's not, but there were a lot of crossovers between, um, like, CBT, mental exercises, and these, like, so-called high-performance habits that Mm -hmm. are apparently used by, like, performers of any kind, yeah, CEOs, and things like that and one of the things that it uh, said to do was to um, visualize how you'll feel in that moment so like before you go on stage just try to imagine how you want to feel when you're performing and then it's likely that those feelings will happen and yeah. sometimes I'll do that where it's like I don't I don't want to feel stressed out right now like it, you're about to go on stage, like, you need to, like, block out that, like, mental, forget about what's going on at home, forget about what's going on at, like, whatever, and I'll just, like, try to, my best to, like, visualize how I want to feel on stage, and it, it has helped, it has helped. I have
0: done that, too, if I, like, usually it'll be, I, I haven't gotten good enough at it that I can do it right before I'm going on stage, it'll be, like, the night before a show that I'm really nervous for, for whatever reason. Um, yeah, I'll try to, like, picture myself on stage, picture it going well, um, picture feeling good about it in the moment. Yeah. And it really does help. It really yeah. does help. I think your brain, your brain loves a rehearsal. Um, your brain loves <clears throat> knowing how things are going to go. So if you yeah. just tell your brain which way it's going to go, it'll probably go about that way. Um, which is the same way, way, why, like, you manifest negative situations by telling yourself that something's going to go badly, right? Because it's the, it's the same principle, uh, just pointed in yeah. a different direction. So if you're telling yourself, like, oh, I'm going to bomb this show, like, this is going to go really badly, like, I'm really nervous, you t- like, I'm going to fuck up, I can't remember, you know, and it, you start playing that stuff on a loop, you, uh, you're rehearsing how it's going to go. So yeah. you're telling your brain, this is how this is going to go, and this is how I choose that this will happen, yeah. uh, and then it probably will go that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, 100%, exactly. And uh, sometimes it's like, uh, like when I was in Cuba, for example, I, it was the loop of like, first the anxiety came from feeling trapped in Cuba, and then it quickly escalates to I'm going to die here because I'm throwing mm-hmm. up all the time and I'm not sleeping, I'm not eating, I'm drinking water only, I'm gonna pass out and die, and the whole thing was that, like, I'm gonna pass out, like, oh my god, I need to make sure that I don't start seeing, like, black spots in the air, because if I do that, I'm about to pass out, and the whole thing was just, like, trying to find symptoms of, like, I'm about to faint, and it truly, in your mind, is, like, life or death, and uh, having to, like, think your way out of that um takes practice and it's not something that happens like overnight it's like here I am a year later and like I still kind of deal with it Mm -hmm. it comes up like daily I mean I have to make decisions every day you know to avoid situations like that I think Um, that's
0: the most important thing to realize for anyone regardless of they're like what it is that they're dealing with with their mental health is that it's a daily thing it has to be a daily practice you got to get in the way of that stuff all the time yeah it's not like you just figure out how to deal with it one day and then it'll carry over into the subsequent days like that's not how it works it's got to be like an active participation thing with just even just like the con the whole concept of this podcast of like happiness. That's how you maintain happiness. It's not like you just cross a line one day and then suddenly you're happy forever. Yeah. It's like you make choices throughout every single day that will add to or take away from your happiness.
1: Yeah. Well, 100%. Oh my God. True words have never been said. Yes. Very yeah. true.
0: It's a participatory thing. You gotta, yeah. <laughs> you gotta keep showing up.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's another thing that a lot of people think. They're just like, oh, well, you're in therapy. It must be okay. I have no tolerance anymore for those people, like, unless it's, like, my immediate family that I have to deal with, but if it's, like, a friend that makes the comment like that, I'm like, then we're not friends. If you can't empathize with this very big thing that is now a part of me, then I, I don't have time for it. I have, I've got no tolerance for it.
0: I love that. I love that. Because there is no point in wasting, wasting time.
1: Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah. There's there have been some friends where, um, we're not necessarily friends because I only have two very close friends, and that's about it. And they're I just amazing. As, like
0: inner circle and outer circle. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, where it's just like I already know that I'm not gonna be able to talk to you about this, so like let's just forget it. You know, it's like yeah, we're just gonna keep talking about um, vacation destinations and uh, some good ice cream places, and that's yeah. about it. How do you
0: find that your OCD and your anxiety manifest themselves in your comedy?
1: Um, it's very much with like, so interesting. I think that you can, I don't know if you can tell based off like performance wise, like what kind of mental illness comedians are dealing with. Um, but for me, it's very much like if a set's not going well, I get into my own head about it right away. Like, immediately I don't try to like I you know you try to fight it and you do the best that you can uh but comedians that are a little bit more like extroverted uh like Mike Rita for example I don't think he gets in his head about any anything like if a performance or a joke didn't go the way that he wanted to he knows how to turn it around uh right away I'm and so it's amazing to watch. I'm so
0: envious comedians like that so envious.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm so envious, I'm so envious, because I'm, I live in my head, so, like, as soon as it doesn't get, like, the inner chatter starts Mm -hmm. immediately, it's like, okay, well, that, that joke's not working well, and then I start sifting through my material to try and find another joke that might be better than that, to try to get them back, and then if it doesn't work, then it's, like, just this, it's just a spiral, it's just a downward spiral, um, and I haven't quite figured out how to to deal with that yet.
0: I'm done. If I, if the first expected laugh doesn't happen, yeah so difficult it's so difficult for me and the the audience doesn't even necessarily at that point know that it's not going well
1: yes that's the thing that we forget is like they don't really think about it as much as we are <laughs>
0: they don't know your act they don't know where the laughs are supposed to happen yeah they assume that you're gonna get to one <laughs>
1: like <laughs> yeah totally 100 percent um so i think like for me it's just about practicing remaining, like, cool, calm, collected, and just, if, if things aren't going well, bombing with grace instead of, you know, just, like, trying to pull shit from, like, thin air. It's, like, you just, I've, I've accepted my fate, I'm gonna do it with grace, and I'm not gonna let you guys, like, get the best of me.
0: I think there's an element, too, of, like, trusting yourself. Yeah. You're capable of handling the situation in the moment. Yeah even if the way of handling it is to just bomb with grace, you know? Yeah. Like, I think I lack a a certain amount of fundamental trust in myself to handle the moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I also lack a a fundamental amount of self-esteem as well. (laughs) Like, I do think that there's something to be said about that. It's like, there are a lot of comedians that are so self-assured, and it blows my mind. I'm like, I feel in like I'm failing in every way constantly. And that's not good either because uh it's like I kind of have this like perfectionist quality where it's just like and it and to the point that it becomes paralyzing where it's like, oh this is not gonna work. Like this isn't gonna work. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Juliana, and it's like speed
0: my language right now. You have no yeah. idea.
1: And it's like just let it breathe. Just mm-hmm. give it a chance. Give the bit a chance. Give it a week. You don't have to get rid of it immediately because they didn't laugh at the smiling Buddha, where there's no microphone <laughs> and possums in the attic. Don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, I think, oh man, yeah, you don't know how much I relate to that. And the, the thing with having that like, perfectionist lens on yourself all the time is that what I consider to be failure is uh, so out of proportion to what is actual failure.
1: Oh, one hundred percent.
0: Because it's like not perfect equals failure.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yes. Exactly. Like good
1: impossible. equals failure. Yeah. If it's good, it's not great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So if it's good, then uh, it's uh, it's devastating.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if good is average. Amazing, great is good.
0: Then, uh, <laughs> then it's awful, and uh, yeah. and then I'll spend the rest of the night beating myself up about it.
1: Yeah. Do you ever feel like a fraud sometimes? Like, sometimes I, I honestly, I'm like, I don't even know, what am I doing? Like, am I just psychotic? Am I a crazy person that thinks they're funny, but actually isn't? And like, people around me are just lying to me. Is that what's happening?
0: (laughs) Totally relate to that. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I constantly, I'm accusing people of lying to me. They're just like, good said. I'm like, like, i it's annoying to them because they're like, just say thank you. Just yeah. like there doesn't need to be this back and forth. It's I'm a very uncomfortable person to compliment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we we still have a couple minutes, so we'll get to it. But we do end this podcast by me giving the guest a compliment.
1: <laughs> oh, see, I want to hang up. I can't even deal with that. But like, so stress inducing. I'm like, what is she going to say? We'll get to that
0: in a couple of minutes here.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, shit.
0: (laughs) It's okay. Just, just, just let it wash over you. (laughs) But yeah, I'm like that too. Like if, uh, uh, it's not even that I think that people are lying to me. It's more that I think they're wrong. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's like I don't, you don't know anything about what you're talking about so yeah. I, I've been in this industry for ten years. Um, <laughs> like and you just I, totally dismiss them. yeah if I
0: have a set that I don't feel great about, and then somebody tells me that I had a good set afterwards. It's not that I think that that person doesn't think I had a good set and is lying to me. It's that I'm like, oh no, you don't know that uh that it was not good yeah you're you're not lying you're just wrong Um, yeah and like I have it in my head of like no 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 like I know what I'm capable of and what my like maximum output is and I didn't reach that so this was a failure
1: yes that's what it is it's like if you're not constantly and which is such a weird thing to impose on yourself because I would never expect that from anybody like I'm not ever I would (laughs) never I couldn't even tell you the last comedian that I saw bomb like I don't give a fuck do you know what I mean and And nobody else cares I've tried tried you're bombing nobody else cares
0: nobody else cares and I I try to put myself in somebody else's shoes like if I have a set that went mediocre and I feel devastated about that I try to think of myself like if you were just another comedian watching that set like, how would you feel about it? And most of the time, the answer isn't, oh, horribly embarrassed for that person, what a terrible experience. It's like, no, that was fine. Like, doesn't
1: register, you know? Yeah, and Uh, then I'm back to being in my own head and thinking about the last time I fucked up, which is what everybody constantly is doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a good reminder that uh, no one else is going to be as hard on you as you are on yourself, just in general, like, in comedy outside of comedy just in life nobody's gonna be as hard on yourself so sometimes it's really helpful to pretend like you're an outside observer yeah because you will have a much softer opinion
1: yeah about yourself (laughs) oh yeah you know what let me just ask you this are you good at self-promoting no I'm terrible at self-promoting I'm like who gives a shit why would who cares Totally. I, I think something that would be good for us would be to just be a little bit more self-assured mm-hmm. and just put one poster out. One poster out a month yeah. when stand-up comes back. Just mm-hmm. one thing with your face on it a month. <laughs> That's fine. Let's, let's yeah, start I'm there.
0: So uncomfortable and so bad at self-promoting. Yeah. Like, yeah. We will, we will come out of this, and we will believe in ourselves more.
1: <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll
0: They'll be will, like,
1: hey, Tracy, do you want to yeah. go to Just for Laughs this year? You'll be like, I don't know, do I?
0: Yeah. Do you think?
1: <laughs> do you think I'm ready? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I think uh, it is time for me to give you a genuine compliment now. Okay. So, knowing that you're bad at, at taking compliments, I... I'm gonna give you a couple of things that you have to do or not do, uh, while I'm giving you this compliment. Okay. Um, you are not allowed to joke about this compliment.
1: Oh. Uh, you are it. not,
0: you are not allowed to argue against this compliment. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you just have to say thank you.
1: Okay, I might throw up. I it's might really take an cool. eye out of my head. It's okay. Um, if you It throw will off. happen. A great radio.
0: Um. <laughs> okay, are you ready?
1: All right. Deep breath. Do I get to give you one as well at the end of this? Um, you can if you want to, but it's not part of the format. Absolutely not. Okay. Part of the mandate. Okay, then forget about it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: um. You so you know, like, the comedy community is really big and really small at the same time, and somehow you and I went for, like, years both performing and never running into each other. Yes. And, uh, like, I knew your name and stuff and, like, knew who you were, but we had somehow never been on a show together, um, And then when we finally were and I got to talk to you for the first time, I was was like, oh, fuck, like, you've been around in this scene and I haven't gotten to talk to you before. Like, I just felt uh, such a connection with you right away. And, like, I know we don't know each other very well and we don't see each other around as much as I would like, but uh, I think you're really great. I think we get along really well. I think you're a really, really interesting and genuine person. Um, I also think that you're a great comedian. I think you are super talented. You're definitely one of these people who it's like, oh yeah, you were supposed to be a comedian. There's like, if you believe like there's infinite universes and infinite <laughs> timelines and in none of them do you not make it as a comedian. That's. <laughs>
1: oh my God. that That is so nice. And thank you so, so much. You're like, welcome. thank you so, so much for that. You're welcome. Oh my God, Tracy. Uh, okay, so now I guess it's my turn. First of all, I, thank you so much because I think the best thing that you can hear as a comic is like, you're such a comedian. That's all that anybody wants to be. So thank you very much for giving me that. I, I yeah, love you for that, thank you. Great. And I was just gonna say the same thing. I remember the first time, or one of the first times I met you, um, it was like last summer, just after I found out, i just started therapy and I got to the show and I was so nervous. I, like, I was, like, throw, I threw up just before I got there, like, shit was not going great, and everybody was, like, off in their own worlds, and I remember just, like, talking to you about it, and just to know that you understood what it was that I was, like, going through, and you were just, like, yeah, performing actually really helps, it just brings you back to reality, I was, like, fucking thank God, like, I needed you to be there that day, to just bring me back to center and i still think about it to this day it's like it's it's something that is in my mind and i want to be that hopefully for other people as well so thank you for giving me that i also think you're amazing comedian very funny insanely talented lovely charming and uh i think everybody that meets you could say the exact same thing so thank thank you so
0: much you're look at us go this has been an excellent episode i've never said that in an episode before but this has been an (laughs) excellent episode of this podcast
1: thank you very much i usually whenever like i do podcasts all the questions are so trivial uh but this was so refreshing in that like i actually got to be an emotional human being and i i didn't feel like i had to deflect with like a joke Mm -hmm. and you set the tone for that so thank you for guiding me through this thank you for being on it
0: And listeners, go be nice to yourself and remember that love is everywhere.
1: That's right.